Hey everybody, welcome to Top 5 Movies. This is John Burke. With me this week is Michael Sanchez. Hello. And uh, back again is Ben Hilligas. How's it going? And this week, we're going to kind of jump right into our topic. We're going uh, Top 5 Movie Parents. Um, this is in honor of kind of two movies. We have um, Annabelle Creation coming out next Friday. And uh, that movie is the premise that parents lost their daughter and made a doll so she could possess it. Um, but the real reason I picked this, <laughs> what were you going to say, Mike? Because that makes sense. You yeah, know. you know, good parents. Good parents do that. They don't want to leave their, their child and that they let get hit by a car. Yeah, that didn't backfire for them I at mean, all. <laughs> I, I shudder to think what the loss of a child would be like, but you know. Um, yeah, a horrifying uh, thought. We'll, we'll find uh, we'll find a doll. Yeah, but worst case. Um, the other movie that comes out this coming Friday is uh, The Glass Castle, uh, with mm. Naomi Watts and Woody Harrelson playing uh, the parents to Brie Larson, um, and that movie looks pretty pretty great. I'm very excited about getting to see it. I'm hoping it's going to come close to me. Uh, we'll have to wait and see on that one. But um, that's our subject matter. We're going to be talking about our top five favorite parents. Now, we are leaving it up for interpretation. We had no prerequisite given, so it's possible someone might interpret what a parent is uh, in different ways. And so we'll see what our list entail. But we're going to jump right into it. And I think it's my turn to go first this week, if I'm not mistaken. Um, so if you guys don't have anything you want to say before we uh, jump into this. Are we wanting to do the uh, – pick how many movies you oh, know we have of Mike's. to do that of course um, have to do that who goes second um i would say you go second mike and then ben will will wrap us up at the end okay um now with that uh mike i think for a change i have a feeling you've only seen maybe maybe one of my movies so i pulled a mic this week i don't think you've seen any of my films sir oh okay um, uh, um actually i kind of prefer that change because I wonder about my list. It's a more conventional. I mean, we could still take. Let's let's. Well, I mean, you could still take odds and make. Odds. Oh, I'm going to. I'm going to go big because I feel like if you approach this the same way I did, I have a feeling I will have seen a lot of your movies. So I'm going to go four. I think I've seen four of Mike's movies this week. All right. I was actually thinking about this earlier today, and I'm going to go with three. Oh wow! So n nobody picked one. I think for like the first time ever. Um, all right, Mike. So let's we'll, when we get to you, we'll have to see. Now, before we start talking about these movies, two things that I need to go over. One, the way this works is we pick a topic, and then in secret, we make our list. And the episode is us revealing our list to each other, where we will talk crap or give each other props, or maybe find a movie that we want to watch that we've never seen. But the other thing I need to tell is for the listeners, there is a good chance that we are going to be spoiling the movies that we discussed today. So we post our list in full on BurkeReviews.com, so you can pause the podcast right now, take a look at the list, and decide if it's movies that you want to watch, and thus you don't want spoiled. Now, to be fair, we don't always spoil movies, but we are going to discuss why we picked what we picked, and in that, there could be spoilers, and that's what we kind of are warning for. There is a chance that we will spoil nothing, but we'd rather warn you and be safe than not. So... <laughs> 
we don't always spoil movies, but when we do, we destroy them. For we you. we poop all over. We them. spoil them hard. Oh my gosh! I don't do that. <laughs> oh, that's sorry. nasty. My bad. Um, Who flung poo? <laughs> the monkeys. Um, I'm okay. gonna go first this week, as we said, and uh, for top five movie parents, I've picked um, from the film East Side Sushi from 2014, directed by Anthony Lucero. Um, Diana uh, Torres is the actress, and the character's name is Juana. Um, she is a hardworking mother, a single mother. She lives with her father and her, and her daughter, and um, she makes a lot of sacrifices in her life just to take care of her child and finally decides to pursue a career um, that she's interested in by making sushi. She leaves uh, – she has a lot of cooking experience, but she falls in love with the idea of making sushi, and then um, she has to go up against the uh, bigoted – world of sushi chefs as it is traditional for it to be a male chef and japanese only so uh her being a latino american she has a lot to go uphill plus uh, obviously she's female and yet even though she's going through all of that she's still a terrific mother to her daughter and even gets her daughter to be interested in sushi as the through the course of the film it's a film i came across on accident my wife picked it at random on demand something she does and more often than not it's not a good thing um, but this is one that not only did I like it when we watched it, but I happened to stumble across it at a Salvation Army in the DVD bin that I picked up for a dollar. I taught it to my classes last year, but I also got our Culinary Academy uh, to teach this movie because there's a lot of culinary themes in this film, believe it or not. Um, and it's it's a terrific movie. Uh, it's very well acted by Diana Torres. Um, there's no real big stars. It's very independent feeling. Uh, but it just works, and um, when I was thinking about parents, I just kept thinking about uh, this movie and how good of a mother she is and how hard she works to make sure her daughter is taken care of. In fact, part of the reason she needs the money uh, that the sushi job will give her is to keep her daughter in a better school in from the area they live in. So um, things like that, I find as a, as a parent myself, um, you know, trying, doing it, making sacrifices so that your children can have things that you didn't have as a child is something that we do a lot. Can I ask a question? Yes. Do you know if this is a true story or not? I do not, but I don't believe it is. There's nothing to indicate that it's a true story. Why do you ask? Well, it's really interesting. It's rated PG. It's yeah. not very long. Nope. Uh, it's well, got it's decent awesome. scores. Oh, yeah. 70 yeah, Metacritic. Very... Um, 70 Metacritic. No, it's not It's not an extended long film, but it is uh, – it works, and it's it's got a, uh, it's listed as a drama, but it's a human story. So there is you know there's laughs, and there's there is one kind of melodramatic scene early in the film because she's um, she has a couple of jobs, and so does her father works at a, a couple of jobs. But they have a, a fruit cart that they like set up in different places and sell uh, you know sliced fruit with um, like a seasoning on it, and um, it gets robbed early on, and it's a little melodramatic and. Um, not too much, and they don't play it up too, but just that scene. And after that, though, it just gets really, really good. That's kind of the catalyst that makes her like she needs a more stable job. The fruit carts are risky. You know, she's exposed. You know, her money's just sitting out, kind of thing. And that's why this the two guys that robbed her had been robbing fruit carts. You know, throughout the city, kind of thing. So, um, sorry, I'm, I'm having trouble here. I'm picturing Joe Pe- oh, Joe oh. Pesci. <laughs> And Daniel Stern as the uh, <laughs> fruit cart bandits going around assailing well, single I, mothers. I will say, because this is an independent film, they could have cast those guys and they would have been superior actors to the guys they did cast. But they're only in the movie oh. for a few seconds. They're, they're, it's a quick 
a quick thing um, in the movie, but it, it, again, it's a catalyst to making her find a better job, a better situation. Um, and it's it's a point of contention. And really, I could have picked her father too, as he, um, you know, at first he's not okay with her uh, going after this Japanese style of cooking. He, you know, he would prefer like them doing the fruit cart together. Oh, and he even at one point recommends like uh, her. I think her tacos or her steak. Um, or say Kanadas. Uh, oh man, I just made myself sound awful. Yeah, you know that's pork actually. But uh, <laughs> oh, okay, <laughs> I see. I'm not completely stupid, even though I just sounded like it. But um, he, you know that you can make tacos that like do that. But she's really into the the world of sushi. Like once she tries it, she just kind of falls down the rabbit hole with it, and she she loves the artistry of it. And honestly, the movie makes me hungry too because she starts making some hybrid rolls. So she like she'll introduce jalapenos into things and. Um, I'm like, man, I wish that was on a menu. I could actually order those because it sounds delicious. But it's a movie that I, I, I feel like most people will not have seen. Um, I know it was on demand, um, I think HBO or Stars last summer. I don't know if it still is. But I highly recommend East Side Sushi if you can find it. Uh, rent it online. Um, it's, a, it's a really good movie, and it's excellently performed by Diana Torres. Nominated for 17 awards, and it won 10, by the way. Yeah, but all from in, uh, film festivals, just to clarify it. <laughs> Well, yeah, yes, yes, yeah, yes. Yeah. Nothing. Yeah, no, no Oscars here. Right. But yeah, it did do very well in the film festivals that it was entered in. Um, and again, I would never have found this movie if my wife hadn't picked it randomly because of the uh, the poster. And I'm glad she did. Really, from the poster? Yeah, that's how she picks movies on demand. She just looks at the pictures and then decides. So. That's totally a me move too. <laughs> I would totally do that. Yeah, I have to like read like the synopsis and then who's in it and who directed it. And I'm like, oh, okay, exclusively. Yeah. Oh, this looks interesting. Well, Let's. Well, I mean, the last time she picked Eloise, and you it's know that didn't exactly work. my point. Like, it doesn't work out most of the time, but East Side Sushi is one of those examples where she really nailed it. So I would, I definitely, I wanted to talk about that movie for that reason too. But there you go, folks. East Side Sushi. Um, neither of these guys have seen it, and it's uh, something I highly recommend. And again. Um, if you had been in my class last year, Ben, you would have seen it. But I didn't know about it when I had you. So uh, that that <laughs> sounded weird. You know so, what I meant when I had so you, you in class. Yeah, so you, you should have retained him. <laughs> yeah, hold me back. Back a year. I'm sure I would have been okay with that. It's good. Uh, but <laughs> All right, Mike. We're gonna move to your list. Uh, what is your number five? All right, let me make a quick change because I oh, snap. yours just reminded me of one that. And, and this one was tough to find again. I literally just found the title. Wait, are you taking that one means off I of your shift. list? He's shifting. I, you're, okay, I'm, you're bumping, I'm bumping one, and this one, it's uh, from 2009, called Entre Nos, or Between Us. Okay. And it's uh, smaller. It's been uh, in a few film festivals, uh, Tribeca Film Festival, uh, probably the biggest one. No stars at all, like no... Uh, I gotta, I gotta even dig up the stats because I, your, Eastside Sushi reminded me a little bit about this. But the premise is Mariana, who is played by, I want to say Paola Mendoza, yeah, who is the director. She co-directed it with someone else. What she's you, from? No, nah, two thousand two thousand nine. Entre nos, which is E N T R E, space N O S. So she's a Colombian immigrant, just traveled to New York with her two kids, 10-year-old Gabriel, 6-year-old Andrea, uh, so that she can be with her husband. However, one day Antonio decides, or doesn't decide, he says, I've got some work in Miami, and leaves. The problem is he 
he's just left. That's what he's done. And there's no intention of, uh, of him coming back. So, you know, she does what she can. And this is what got me thinking on it. You talked about um, Eastside Sushi. She decides to try to uh, make homemade empanadas oh. and, you know, try to make some money, but fails pretty miserably. I mean, there's no real market for it. And she probably, I mean, just trying to build that business up and because it's fresh made and all that, I mean, ingredients go bad. It's just, it's, it's, it's a large undertaking, but she's trying. Mm-hmm. So they end up uh, going through the streets of Queens, which holds a lot to me because of of um, that's that's my birthplace and does her best. And they start collecting aluminum cans. And the problem is, as it turns out, the um, kind of territorial because there are people already on the streets, living on the streets, that that's their means of income as well. It's semi-autobiographical. I'm sure she added things to make you know to add to make it much more dramatic but just it's one of those accidental finds and i'm glad i remembered it like i said your your story with uh, your your sharing of Eastside sushi definitely brought this one out for me mm, good it's uh they, at the end they they kind of revealed a partially semi-autobiographical um looking yeah there is not a single Single star, Hollywood star, no. or big big how name. Did, do you know how you watch this? I it was on demand. Just I think it was one of those going down the list and just finding it. It's uh, it it def- I think it was, might have been. Uh, have you all ever seen Maria Full of Grace? I know that movie. I, I've not seen it. I've not. Okay. Well, I think it. What it was is you know if you uh, because you watch this. Uh, and Maria Full of Graces takes a total. It's a totally different kind of story, mm-hmm. and it was one of those suggestions, and it happened to be right on for me. It has 7.4 on the user slash IMDb ratings, no meta score, and I can try to dig up on Rotten Tomatoes if it cooperates, or I can try to dig that up. Well, I mean, I'm sh- from what I'm seeing, um, from like the pictures on the uh, for the movie. She's with her her two kids, like living on the street. Is from is that what I'm? Mm-hmm. Yep, man. Yep, that because she can't afford that to keep the apartment that her husband was paying for, and so that's basically what ends up happening. And and you would you know, it it's hopeful. Oh, sure enough, Rotten Tomatoes. I just had it, but now it, it popped oh. away. Eighty three percent fresh on the oh, nice. tomato meter. So. Uh, just one of those happy accidents. Yeah. Uh, I've got to figure which one on my list to get rid of. So oh, I'm going snap. to. Okay. Well, you can think on that one. Uh, can, I... can we announce it just in case <laughs> I would have known it or, yeah. or Burke uh, would have known it? Yeah. At the end, let us know which one you knocked off so that, uh, yeah, because right now I have to I have to get four in a row <laughs> because you have you pulled this random movie up. Um, so... <laughs> <laughs> hey, I got to tell you, if you. If, it, it totally rung bells in my mind. And I was trying to think, that was the thing, is trying to think, uh, you know, how I approach my picks. And it's not easy because independent films don't always focus on that kind of dynamic. Um, yeah, although I got to say, uh, I didn't put all indie films on my list, but almost all now that I look at it. But even my honorable mentions are predominantly indie. Um, 
which uh, I'm, but if you remember from our Rites of Passage episode way back when, Mike, these are movies that I'm really into, and so I've seen a lot of them. I did, I did notice, though, the ones that I ended up picking are all within the last decade, uh, which I could have gone a different direction with that easily, um, but I guess the parents that I really remember freshly are when the I... The most recent ones. Yeah, because I'm a parent. You know, because like a lot of those other movies that are older, I saw as a kid as well. And so, you know, I was I was connecting with the kids more than the parents. And now I, I do still connect with the kids, or at least I look at the kids and I want them to succeed more like a parent does um, when I watch like a Rites of Passage film. And But I often can connect to the parents, or I, I will even maybe take tips from some of these parents like where I'm like, oh, look how they handled that situation. I wish I would have been more like that in that scenario. Or if that scenario ever does happen, I hope I can be like this and that's how i approach my list kind of accidentally but now that i'm looking at it i think that's where i'm coming from um ben Mm -hmm. what is your number five uh i am gonna completely switch up uh the uh (laughs) the pace we've been going like not 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 the pace but you both picked independent movies and i am definitely doing the opposite of that (laughs) um per usual um and my, my fifth is actually uh, a 2008 film named uh, a, a little a little ditty that you may know as Taken uh, oh, wow. with Liam Neeson. Uh, <laughs> the Liam I Neeson. I have watched that one. Um, I haven't, actually. Have you, you really oh. haven't? Wow. Um, this is uh, uh, about a, a retired CIA agent that travels across Europe and relies on his old particular set of skills. Uh, to save his estranged daughter, who has been kidnapped while on a trip to Paris, um, it has a only a 50 meta score um, and a 7.8 on the IMDb uh, users uh, list. Um, t- in typical big blockbuster action movie um, ways, uh, Liam Neeson practically throat chops his way straight into uh, stardom in this one. Um, and of course manages to track down his daughter in Europe. Uh, we, we, we did do the, uh, spoilers. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Um, and, uh, and, and rescues her. And so in that, I would say any, any dad that's about to travel across the world to track down, uh, his daughter's kidnappers is a pretty hardcore parent. And with that, I'd like to bring up today's sponsor, the movie Kidnap with Holly Berry is in theory. Oh wait, we're not sponsored by them. Never mind. Take <laughs> that back. Sponsor oh. us. Yeah, don't see that. Well, uh, uh, the uh, the other lesson in this is don't be related to Liam Neeson <laughs> because how many parts is three parts of that? I think so. There how are many, three, three, and how a TV many series that has spawned off of the uh, the franchise? How many people are going to be taken that have connections to his character? I know. I I don't know the premise of each. I know his wife is taken. I think in one of I them. I think that's the second one. Um, and I know that his. Uh, Ralph Garman is aware of his particular set of skills. It's just like, (laughs) why would you continue to try and kidnap members of this guy's family after what you hear he did in Paris? Well, revenge, right? Like, it's like, you killed my brother, and I must get... I would have been like, this guy's pretty crazy. I'm not even going to mess with it. He did what he did, and he got away with it. (laughs) I I started to watch it at one point, and I've seen the the actual scene where the daughter is taken. Um, You know, I just... I don't know. I go I go through phases where some action movies like this I just prefer story. Uh, no, I I don't I I wouldn't even say that this is a a 
good movie in my opinion, but just his role as a parent in it, I oh, think, yeah, is no, pretty it, uh, makes incredible. Sense. That is a valid so. point. This list is not about best movies. This is best parents, and he does go out of his way to save his daughter. So it's hard to say Ben's wrong with that. Um, he definitely. Well, and I'd like, I'd like to think if something happened to the kids, you know, but I don't have that particular headset. I, I kind of have skill envy. I don't know, Mike. I, I feel like I can, th- I can see you throwing some throat chops out there. He would totally. I think you. I think all of us would try. We may not be as successful as Liam Neeson was, but um, I do have the set of skills to dial nine one one though. So that's that would be used uh, for sure. Oh, and hey, maybe you might get Halle Berry as the nine one one operator. <laughs> oh no! <laughs> I have a set of skills to reach out to other people with certain particular <laughs> with, sets with of skills. With better sets of skills um, that are more appropriate for given situations. <laughs> um, I'm a very practical father. <laughs> all right. Uh, Taken is Ben's number five, or what's his character name? His character name yeah. is Brian Mills. That's a boring name it for is. such a cool guy. Like, man, oh, what happened? Brian came. Like, what? <laughs> Fear the Brian. Brian kicked my butt. Oh, well, I guess. Um, all right. Well, my number four, I'm pretty sure neither of you saw, and if you did, uh, then you can just confirm that I am correct. Um, the character name is Mum. That's all she gets is Mum. Uh, and she's it's played by Felicity Jones, and the movie is A Monster Calls from 2016. Um, mm, wanted to, but missed it. I I really enjoyed this film. Not only is the film breathtaking, it's also another Liam Neeson film, actually. Um, as he, Well, he's not in it so much as he's the voice of a tree. But uh, I, I love the art style of this movie, but particularly, this is not about the movie. This is about the mom. And... There's a lot of scenes, and what I wanted to do, and I kind of, I got kind of slackerish, I guess, and I didn't. Go, I was gonna pull quotes from like them talking, where I really, uh, like, thought it showed like a great example of them being a parent. Um, and this particular one, mom is dying of cancer, and the movie is really about the son dealing with this impending death of his mother that he knows is coming. Um, and even though she's sick. And uh, she's, you know, trying. She tries to be the best mother imaginable, and you know, he's he's acting out at school. Um, Sigourney Weaver is his grandmother in this movie, and uh, she's having to take care of him. And they have a very strained relationship very early on. And then he's also acting out, so there's a lot of tension between them. And the and mom, who is very sick, is trying so hard to keep her son sane and and upbeat despite the circumstances, and. Uh, there's a point where after he's destroyed um, a bunch of stuff, like, out of anger, uh, she's, she's crying, but she looks at him, and she's like, and if you have to break things, then by God, you break them. And the speech she gives ahead of that, it's so powerful, and it's it's very it's an emotional movie. I, I cried multiple times watching it, um, and I was in the theater, so I was trying really hard not to make noises because there were people around me, but it's one of those movies where I think everyone's like, it's fine. It's fine if you cry. You knew coming into this that a mom was dying of cancer. You're going to cry. Um, but... I was really impressed with Felicity Jones in this movie, and um, I think I saw it after Rogue One. I can't remember for sure, but I feel like it came to my theater like right at the beginning of January, um, even though it came out officially in 2016. So um, it's one that I highly recommend everyone check out. It is a tearjerker. There is no question about it. But I do think Mum is a great parent and thus gets the, the nod for number four on my list. One on my need to watch list. I wanted to see it in its release and then I missed it. 
And uh, so. uh, unfortunately, a lot of people did, and that's one of the reasons I um. I mean, I picked her because I do think she's great. I mean, there's other, there's the obvious parent, like, from movie choices that we could have gone with here. And I'm trying not to go with the obvious. I wanted to pull movies that maybe people haven't heard where I do think these parents deserve uh, recognition for their, not just in the movie for being good parents, but also the actors uh, doing a really great performance and being emotionally invested in the characters. Um, so I went with a monster call. Um, judging on the star power, I'm going to venture out and assume that this isn't a indie film. This is not an indie film. Okay. This is the, the one on my list that is definitely not an indie film. Although, um, I would say the director is fairly new, if I'm not mistaken. I don't recall what else he's done. Uh, nothing really in America prior, I don't think. Um, he is doing the new Jurassic World, though. That's interesting. Um, and uh, he did The Orphanage in 2007. So yeah, um this is it's kind of a small movie though, despite it not being truly independent. Um So this was in wide release? This was in wide release, yeah. It just Man, it, yeah. this this could have been from from last week's list too. Oh, it's a book? A uh, novel started by oh, interesting. Siobhan Dowd, who died and left it unfinished, and it was finished oh, wow. uh, by another writer with credits to her idea. That's crazy. Okay. Well, I wonder if, if she was like, if it was autobiographical, as in like there was, she was, that makes <gasps> sense in the framing of the story too, actually. Um, your your boy uh, Tom Holland was the stand-in for the monster. Oh, really? I According to the that. trivia. Wow. Man. You're, you're teaching me some new Pretty stuff. Pretty cool. Right? Yeah, I really enjoyed this movie, too. And again, um, it is sad, but the visuals, because uh, there's scenes of animation, like, and some of the animations are really awesome with, like, this watercolor mm. um, effect that they do. It, it's it's gorgeous. And then you get a really good story with it. And I honestly, I thought the kid did a terrific job um, carrying the weight of the emotions he has to. Um, I don't know. I, I thought it was great. So a film that I, I wish more people had seen and you know, I'm doing my part to make sure that happens. We'll move on. Oh, to... he was in, he was in Pan. Pan, yeah. See, I don't recognize him. I didn't see Pan. Lewis, did, did Mc... you both see Pan? Dougold? Uh, no, I'm just oh, seeing okay. his credits. Yeah, because that movie, that movie flopped. <laughs> um, <laughs> but what? No. I did. I tried <laughs> once to watch it, and I, I couldn't get past. Um, a note: uh, if you if you look through the list, there's Mom, but there's also Dad, and he's not on my list. I will have other. Uh, members of my list where it's both parents but the dad's kind of not great in this movie <laughs> so not that he's a bad actor his performance is good but he's not he's written to be kind of like oh you're a schmuck okay um oh, next so hmm ben yeah. oh i thought you were adding no 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 i was just <laughs> laughing um all right mike what's what's your number four all right uh, i'm going on i with a based on a true story another sort of baseball this one was for sure based on a true story 1991's not Without My Daughter, with Sally Field playing Betty Mahmoudi, who plays a mother and wife that finds herself trapped in Iran of the mid-1980s. Oh. She goes there after what is supposed to be a two-week visit slash vacation. However, as they stay there and she becomes more aware, it's very clear that her husband, who is from Iran and born there and very menacingly played by Alfred Molina has no intentions whatsoever on returning to the States at all. Uh, So not only does he have his family trapped in in Iran, but he becomes increasingly more violently abusive and he keeps, he he, he keeps an iron hand over his whole family. And honestly, the prop 
the possibility of Betty and and I may be mispronouncing the name Matub or Matob M A H T O B. That's the daughter's name. The same little to no possibilities I'm getting back. Uh, probably uh, it's probably more near impossible because uh, she isn't. She gets no support from his family. She has no one else. She's an American wife, and you know she has. She finds out culturally, she basically has no rights, and there's certain things she is and is not able to do. And without having any contact, I mean, at that point, who do you trust? How can you? Because he's highly suspicious and paranoid, and any extended time is not allowed. And you know, she he re- really keeps her under his thumb. Uh, but Man. she is tenacious. It becomes a complex cat and mouse game throughout the whole course of the film and she we talked about Liam Neeson's um, Brian's character but talk about tenacity without any context or any real hope at all she does everything she can she she has a chance to get out on her own but she is not abandoning her and hence the title not without my daughter uh, she uh, spoiler she does obviously get away and that's addressed at the end of the card and goes from there. I got to stats say, are, Oh, go ahead, Mike. Uh, Finish your stats. Uh, stats. Stats on it are not very good. 47% rotten on the tomatometer. Uh, 6.2 user IMDb score, no meta score. Well, the artwork for the uh, the posters and the assumable box art is pretty bad. Um, like, the, it's really bad, I would say. It looks kind of like a Lifetime movie. Mm-hmm. Um, but, it, uh, I would say so. I would agree with that for sure. Yeah, and I'm, you can tell it's fairly low budget. I mean, it's ninety one. Um, obviously, I don't know where they filmed, but I, they wouldn't have been able to film in Iran. So, no. Um, you know, I'm not sure if it, that's why it, some of the shots look a little, a little uh, fake, if you will. But I, I, I'm a fan of Sally Field um, and Alfred. Uh, I don't want to say his name. Alfred wrong. Molina. Yeah. So, you know, Doc Ock from Spider Man Two. Um, I, I would watch this if it were on. Interesting, sure. interesting uh, little tidbit of information here. It, it looks like this is an autobiography uh, because yeah. one of the writers is, is Betty. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I don't want to butcher the last name. Yep. Mahmoudi. Mahmoudi. There you go. I believe so. Um, so I find that actually pretty interesting. Yeah, I mean it's it's a compelling story if nothing else. Um, and I'm sure it's well acted by the, the at least the two. So well, Sally Field. Well, so, I mean, Sally Field's my can do one of mine can do no wrong. Mm-hmm. And uh, Alfred Molina is always solid in just about anything. I'm not as familiar yeah. with Alfred. Yeah, uh, he outside of Spider Man. Spider Man. He's too. in some stuff that you've probably seen, but you didn't. He's either in the Recogn- like, more of a side character, or you didn't recognize him. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm often surprised because I'll be like looking at him and be like, who is that? Oh, it's Alfred Molina. <laughs> like, all right. have, have you all seen uh, Johnny Depp and um, I want to say uh, Chuck a lot? I have not seen Chuck a lot. He not plays me. a priest in it, and Johnny Depp does. I want to say Juliet Binoche Her is the mom. Movie. This would okay. this would have fit really nicely in this list. It just hit hit me. Single mom, that kind of new to town, and his character. Everyone is really. I think it was directed by Lassie Hallstrom. Hmm. Um, I don't a know. very under uh, understated uh, Johnny Depp plays a gypsy kind I, of character. I'm very familiar with the film, as in like I know its existence, but it has been one that I have avoided um, initially because it was it was kind of 
sold as a, a chick flick, which I don't avoid, but for some reason with that one. No, it, um, I would disagree. I mean, I've, if exactly. that's how they marketed it, that's poor marketing. And I've heard that multiple times now that it is uh, a film that everybody should give a chance, but I just haven't got to it since I've heard that. Um, but uh, Whiskey Tango Foxtrot was the last movie I saw Alfred Molina in with um, Tina Fey, and that was really good. I forgot that he was in that. Mm-hmm. I forgot that was even a movie. Uh, anyway. It's a good movie. You should check it out. Um, all right. Um, it's not like amazing or anything, but it's good. It's a good one. Um, let's go to Ben's number four. Ben, what do you have for me? number four? It is you. Um, well, this works. This is all falling into place quite well. Oh, nice. Uh, talking about Spider-Man a, a man named... No, <laughs> not, not that well. Oh, um, talking about a man named Alfred. Oh. Uh, not the same one, but... Here, this oh. is where I kind of took uh, liberty in, in uh, making my own uh, definition of sorts as a, okay. as a f- parental I'm, unit. I'm guessing this Alfred is a butler. Alfred is a butler. Um, I figured he was kind of a father figure Definitely. in Bruce Wayne's I would, uh, uh-huh. uh, life. He is also, legally, he's the legal guardian of Bruce Wayne, so you're, you're more than covered. That works out well. Then. Um, and I'm, this isn't like Alfred from any of the... Uh, this is actually just... Alfred from the Dark Knight series. Okay, so um, so Michael Caine's Alfred. I was I was waiting for you to tell me which one. I was I was thinking it would be Michael Caine. Like I'm a big Michael Caine fan, so. Um, but this is this is I I, I, pick, I put him at number four because, uh, of of the fact that he was able to almost fall into place as a, a father figure in Bruce Wayne's life, uh, seeing as how his past was, um, and. In the movies, he's always made out to be um, somebody who can give Bruce Wayne uh, advice when it's needed and not just advice that kind of uh, almost ricochets off of Bruce Wayne himself. Um, So, yes, there you go. Well, I obviously am a Batman fanatic, um, so I always approve of Batman-related movies on list. And I would say... um, it's a good pick. Uh, I think that you have a very fatherly. Now, one could argue he's not the best parent for allowing Bruce to be Batman, <laughs> <laughs> but at the same time, he is constantly, rem- you know, helping him and assisting him. And even, even it's it's kind of one of those things where it's like, I have to let him make his own choices, right? But I'm still going to be that nagging parent in his ear, sure, trying to keep him safe as much as possible given the circumstances, and he does that. And Michael Caine does that particularly. I think of the Alfreds, he's the most fatherly. Like you could look back to—I don't remember the actor's name from the uh, the Tim Burton and Joel Schumacher Batman's, but um, that Alfred's more grandfatherly to me, that maybe mm-hmm. just because of the age. Where Michael Caine is older, but he just the way he conducts himself feels more like a a, a parent. Mm-hmm. Um, he's very strict, and especially in the third movie, he gets really strict with Bruce. Um, and you know, I mean, even at the point where he shares this vision he had. In yeah. Italy or something, yes, seeing him and a girl. The weirdest ending. Yeah. Um, but he does uh, even offer an ultimatum, you know, a very parental thing to do, right? Like, if you do this, then I am out of here. Like, mm-hmm. you're cut off. You're not going to, you know. So, definitely, I think Alfred is, uh, he, he is the legal guardian of Bruce Wayne. So, uh, not not as questionable. Like, if you had, and I hope this isn't on your list, but if you had Yoda, I would ha- maybe have an issue with it because it's like he's just a mentor. Come on, he's only with well, him for a little. There while. is an actual father in that one too. So. Valid point, <laughs> but not not a good one. Um, all right. Well, uh, um, I'm actually surprised neither of you brought up the, or maybe you did and I missed it. The 
if you're not feeling anything when he is at the grave oh, and yeah. is lamenting, you know, Master Wayne, you know, I failed you, and I I don't tear up a whole lot, but that scene, yeah, yeah, because you don't until you know until you watch it through, and uh, he he truly feels like he's lost his son mm-hmm. because you know he's watched this. He's taking care of Bruce I mean, since childhood. He practically and, yeah, raised I mean, him. He's, yeah, yeah, he yeah. and and he, 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 you know, at some point you got to let him be his own man, and he did. He gave him, uh, he did give the ultimatum. He he saw where this was going, and ultimately it happened in his estimation. Until he sees them later, uh, and and so at least, at least you get he gets that. You feel much better, but and that that small amount of time when he is by the grave grave site uh, that's it's heartbreaking it is and that's that's a really good point to bring up because if that would had been the end of the movie it would have ended on a much like because it ends on a happy note and that and it, it's a dour note if it ends there but you know batman still saved the day and then you have this heartfelt you know kind of apology but you can't kill off the batman i know <laughs> i know and again, spoilers, but they're in a cafe drinking coffee. Sorry, I, I do want to just quickly say, uh, for some reason, all of my uh, picks on my list tr- uh, came out to be fathers. Oh. So not so much of a... It looks like you owe your mom an apology. <laughs> if you want to read it like that, I, I hope you wouldn't, but <laughs> I don't. Mom, mom, I love you. Oh, man. I will tell you this, though. If Zack Snyder had had his hand in it, Probably Alfred would have said, you know, Martha, and then Bruce would have burst out of the. Why did you say that name, <laughs> Martha? <laughs> yeah, Martha. Martha is a good, a good mom. All right, um, <laughs> let's go to uh, my number three. Um, and it's a movie that I'm willing to bet neither of you have seen and possibly never heard of. Uh, it's from 2016 as well. It's called Morris from America. Either one. Hmm. Um, the- Negative. The uh, premise of the film is it's a romantic and coming-of-age misadventures of a 13-year-old American living in Germany. Um, it's a very uh, – it's funny. It's definitely got some uncomfortable-type moments because it's a 13-year-old. Um, the 13-year-old is played by Marquise Christmas, uh, and he does an excellent job as Morris. But the, his father is my is kind of the highlight to me, and it's Craig Robinson uh, of Office fame and many other you know Seth Rogen movies. And, and Mr. Robot, too. Uh, is he Mr. Robot? Yeah. I have not watched that show yet, but I hear great things. Um, but I'm a I'm a big fan of Craig Robinson, and this is a, a role where he really gets to shine. There's not he's not surrounded by a lot of other big stars, and he gets to to be a parent. And you he's trying. It's just him and his son, and they he's taking a job in, as a soccer coach in Germany, and um, so they both have culture shock. You know, they're moving to Germany. And he's trying to be a, a good father, but he's trying to make his job work. So he's having to work long hours. And so his kid's alone a lot. And, like, the moments where he reaches out to his kid and there's, um, you know, he tries to give him freedom. But at the same time, he's trying to be he's trying to be a friend and a father. And he's he's struggling to figure out how to do it. And it's it's a very relatable movie if you're a parent, especially to just kind of know how do you how do you find balance between that? Because you want to be someone your kid can come and talk to. But you also have to have the authority to, when you say no, it's no, and they're not going to defy you. And that does happen in the movie where the kid doesn't follow his orders and how he handles it. And it's it's a really, really uh, underrated and excellent film. Um, 
it's maybe not underrated because it's actually got a 75, I think, on Metacritic. So that's probably an unfair statement. But it's underseen, and it's a movie a lot of people, I think, are unaware of. Um, and I, I really loved Craig Robinson's role as Curtis in this film, uh, and I thought he was a good dad. I thought he he's he fails at times, things go wrong, but he's trying, and I I respect that. Like he he is doing everything he can. And I can't remember if they explained what happened to the mother or not. But it's a single dad movie, and that's not something you see as often. It's more frequent that you see a single mom. And so I really appreciated that role, too, that he's getting to to uh, shine in this performance. Because, again, you, you usually think of him as a comedic actor, and he has some funny parts. Don't get me wrong. There's some laughs that he gets in this movie. But it's a much more dramatic role than he often gets cast for, and he's he, he nails it. So Curtis Gentry is uh, my parent pick for number three from Morris from America. Hmm. Yeah, I hadn't heard. This is one of those, I'm guessing it was a smaller film. Yep, super indie. Um, I watched it last year during my challenge, I think. Um, in fact, I just realized I am the same age as this director. And <laughs> um, he hasn't done too much else. Um, looking at his list, uh, nothing else that I've seen even. But um, th- the director's name is uh, Chad Hartigan. And I really, I really enjoyed um, this film. And, and, he, and he wrote it too. Yep, wrote and directed, um, and it's it's very indie in that regard. Um, I don't remember if it's connected to any major distribution studio. I think it might be on Amazon though. Um, at the very least, you can rent it on Amazon. So I highly, uh, I recommend checking it out. Um, again, it is it's a coming of age story, and I do ha- I am a sucker for rites of passage films in general. So if those are films that you're not necessarily a fan of. It may not fit because it's uh, a big part of this movie is this 13-year-old kid trying to find a, f- a friend, but it becomes more like finding a girlfriend and then um, a familiar kind of story entails with that. But it's it's done very well, and uh, there's some moments where you're there's a, some tension where you're just like, oh, my God, what is this kid doing? He's making stupid choices. Stop doing this. But um, you're always you're always feeling for the dad. So. Well, and going back to what Ben said, it was actually this film that got him – Craig Robinson's um, part on Mr. Robot. Oh, interesting. Was it really? That's one of yeah, the trivia. Yeah, according to the trivia, um, have it the I guess the showrunner, someone from associated with Mr. Robot, saw his performance and uh, they actively sought out Craig Robinson for him. See, which is really cool. Yeah, and I I like that because he is like I loved him on The Office. He was easily one of my favorite <laughs> parts of The Office, and then. Um, He's bounced around throughout the uh, James Franco, Seth Rogen comedies. Um, oh, this is the end of. It's so funny. Yeah, he is very funny in that. And, um, I, but like getting to see him where he's not in just this, you know, slapstick type comedy was really refreshing because he's. I've always thought he was good, but man, getting to really see him act and and have the the breath to not be um, a caricature, you know, and just be, um, a person, you know, with real problems and, and deal with them in realistic ways was, it was great. Cause he's really good and apparently good enough that he got another job from it. So yeah. And it's a nice way for him to show off, you know, a different uh, dynamic of mm-hmm. his. Yeah. Cause he's still funny. Like he's still going to be able to do the comedy, but he can also be dramatic and be serious. Uh, and at least in his small, I don't want to say it's not very small part, but in his, role in Mr. Robot he's much more of a uh, dramatic character mm. um, and then I think that that kind of role actually really fits him well and I think he at least in, I can't speak for this movie if it's anything like Mr. Robot and that it's a dramatic role um, I was actually really impressed with 
his acting chops there. So yeah, I I I definitely think he's the real deal, and you know maybe getting some more lead roles in the future would be uh good for him. All right, Mike, what do you have for number three? Oh, ooh, I got to shift because remember my list is a little um, oh yeah off it's wonky. <laughs> All right, so let's preface this. With, so when it comes to gifted students, there's typically a, let's call it my turn of phrase that I like, my no gray zone, my no gray area zone with regards to the parental types that are dealing with gifted children. Either they're really doting and give any and all things that they can to their children or they're aloof and removed from their children, possibly intimidated by their children's uh, or their child's intelligence and aptitude and and whatnot because of their particular gifts or set of skills, I suppose. Um, now, Jodie Foster as Dee Dee Tate in Little Man Tate from 1991 is, I would say, atypical, not typical from each of these tropes. She, I wouldn't, I don't know, people might disagree. I wouldn't say she overindulges her son. Uh, and I, it, it's To me, it seems like she tries to provide the intellectual stimulation that her son Fred needs uh, she's presented the opportunity for Fred, her son, Little Man Tate, from the title, to attend a prestigious school for gifted children that is run by Diane West. I think it's Diane West. I hope I got the name right. I apologize if I didn't. Uh, Dee Dee makes a tough choice, a difficult one, and one that you know some parents might hesitate to agree to, but decide to send them. And you know, it, it, it to say that it's difficult or tough for her to make that decision, it, it, it's an understatement because he. Fred, she, you know, they, they've been each other's partners. And like you said, but most of the time it's a film will focus on a single mom type of thing. And that's the case here. Uh, it was uh, Jodie Foster directed. It was a night. I would figure I would consider it a coming of age film really understated. It went under most people's radars at the time. Stats, 76% fresh on the tomatometer. 6.7 user IMDb score, 71 meta score, which kind of, I would definitely agree with it. It's one I haven't seen, but I am a Jodie Foster uh, fan generally, so it's one I should definitely check out, um, given it's, it sounds like it'd be a movie that I would enjoy if I were to uh, come across it. How was, um, uh, I'm assuming it was a child actor, Fred, how was his acting in it? Oh, really good. He he's supposed to be out of step with the kids. One of the one of the toughest scenes, and it's really telling of what is like. So I don't know where he is on the spectrum as far as because uh, he's def definitely different and a whole lot more intelligent than his typical age level. Uh, and so he's giving out invitations to uh, his birthday party at the beginning, and so he gives it to everyone and then it cuts to an overhead scene where all the kids that he's given them to not a single one they all just threw him out away right as they got him and you know he's just standing there he's really good he has some scenes with um oh man what what his name uh harry connick jr mm -hmm. because he kind of takes to him and then ends up going over hanging out with him some uh, he's he's pretty good. He's not bad. <laughs> yeah, and that's that's refreshing because there are those child actors that can kill a movie. Um, uh, but I, you know what? I can't think that he was in anything else offhand. I'd have to look it up. Um, I but you're see, right. That could destroy. Could have destroyed the film. I did see he was in. He played young Alan in Jumanji. So 
Okay. Allen, I think, was Robin Williams. I'm assuming so, yeah. I'm 90% sure, but it's been a while since I've watched Jumanji. Although I'll be watching it again soon, but with The Rock and Kevin Hart and Jack Black and Karen Gillian. All right. Um, Let's go to Ben's number three. Uh, Yeah, right. Number three. Okay. Um, So for those of you who decided to brave the spoiler alert and think, oh, I'll get through this without any spoilers, um, this is a movie that is very, very well known, probably one of the most famous franchises in all of cinema history. Um, and this it has a huge twist in it. And if you haven't seen Star Wars, then I I would advise you to stop and go see it now. Oh, jeez. <laughs> um, mm. But my my third movie parent is Darth Vader from Star oh, Wars. He actually picked him. I did. Uh, wow. And, and once again, this is just uh, how I how I understood was this is famous or uh, sorry top five movie parents. But the the subgenre, as far as like were they inspirational or um, just iconic or however, was left up completely up to interpretation. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I went with Darth Vader from Star Wars. Um, and and this is for a couple of reasons. Throughout the uh, the the series, um, he's he, you can tell that, that he's always had some sort of soft spot for Luke, even if it's just sensing his presence through the Force. Um, and then even at the end where he actually ends up saving Luke's life by throwing um, oh, Palpatine over the edge to save him, uh, to save Luke. Um, so it, it, it does show that even though um, he's, on the, he's on the dark side and you know Luke's uh, with the rebellion, um, he's always had a fatherly tie to him. Um, that ultimately overcome overcame um i guess as cheesy as it, as it sounds it overcame evil um so there you go i don't know you want me to read the statistics for this this is a pretty well-known movie yeah go for it let's see what they oh, are well, i'll have to pull it up so oh, well, you go ahead on. and keep talking about it and well obviously i love star wars it is hard to argue that vader is a good parent uh <laughs> definitely not good and he has in the end, I think he redeems himself. He does save his son's life, right? Um, At least he 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 had it when it, he took care of stuff when it, it needed to be taken. Right. Care he of. showed up for the softball game. You know, he exactly. cheered his, he son, cheered his on. son on. Yeah, uh, but no. In the in the the fact that he blew up some planets doesn't really bode well for him in the overall well, moral of. Himself. Well, we're we're avoiding the elephant in the room in that he force choked his baby mama. Well, did he though? What? what, what, what? I oh, I was Ben's I was making excuses for. No, him. I mean, <laughs> call it playing devil's advocate, but um, it. Okay, okay. He forced Padme to give up on life. I wouldn't even go that far. It it, it just seems like she she just died in childbirth. I don't know. Yeah, no. Uh, I've heard she died of a broken heart. Um, which is a well, we can all make ate. our our uh, um, theories on it, but. Yeah, <laughs> but but the truth of the matter is the prequels suck. So, um, <laughs> and and so did Young Anakin. So <laughs> yes, uh, you know, sorry, Hayden Christensen, um, you were good in Shattered Glass. I'm gonna pull the stats from the the um, Return of the Jedi, uh, which is the sixth one. Yep, it has a 8.4 on IMDb. Uh, Metas Metascore is 53. 
Really? And it does not have a Rotten Tomato score on here. I am surprised that it would be 53, but the, uh, yeah. Um, all right. Well, that's Ben's number two. Is it officially Jedi that we're saying, or is it um, just Vader in general? Just Vader. I'm. I, I mean. I mean, he he does even in Empire. There's moments where he tries to recruit his son, and his son defies well, him. He's, so he's just bad. trying to have some father son bonding, and Luke doesn't want anything to do with that. But yeah. no, uh, uh, nope. Ben is really forgiving. <laughs> ben okay. is, yeah. Um, so he blew up one planet. I mean. <laughs> Billions oh, his, of people died. The planet, his daughter. Right. How many? How many? Younglings, but she wasn't on many, the planet. <laughs> how many younglings did he order? Sixty-six. <laughs> He's a good parent. He was getting rid of the competition, so Luke would have no challenges being Look, the best Jedi. Jedi's could, you know, they could flip any time, and it's dangerous to have them running around all roguelike oh, and like Darth Vader. That's right. So. He was- he was, he was trying to keep, balance to the floor. Exactly. He was right. trying to keep any of them from being like him in the future. So I think he was just trying to and save. Let's not forget, he made C-3PO for Luke, kind of, on accident. Darn you, George Lucas. What did you do with the prequels? Of course. Um, all right. Let's, Yippee! Let's move oh, no. Let's move on to number two. Um, my number two is a Zach Braff film called Wish I Was Here. And oh, he man. is my father of the cho- of choice here. It's Aiden Bloom um, is his character name. And to be fair, Kate Hudson as Sarah Bloom is a good parent, too. She doesn't do anything wrong. She's just, just not a major factor in the movie. Um, she does have some really powerful scenes, but they're more with his father than they are with her kids. But um, Zach Braff spends most of the film with his kids as he's homeschooling them. And um, there's some really powerful moments and some really great lines of dialogue. Um, when he teaches his daughter to swim, for example, is a really great moment. When they go out and pick a wig for her, I love that moment. Um, he's just he's he's messes up. He messes up all the time. Even one of the I can't because we don't usually curse on this podcast, so I can't quote the uh, the scene. But early on, the kid's trying to get the password from him for the iPad, and he says, um, "I don't f it no" or something like that. And the kid's like, "Swear jar," and he's like, "F the swear jar." And then the kid, being smart, says, you know, that word means sex. Does that mean you're having sex with the swear jar? And just <laughs> <laughs> the and that day he lost $2 to the swear jar. <laughs> um, you know, he uh, he's not perfect, and he's aware of it. And even, like, the relationship with his father is examined thoroughly through this film, who's dying of cancer. Gabe is dying of cancer. And um, he's afraid that, you know, the, the, the flaws in their relationship will translate onto his children. And there's all these... It's a very deep, and it's 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 one of those things. If you don't like Zach Braff, I think you're going to find a lot of it melodramatic and maybe a little cheesy. And if you like his style, it's perfect. I, I love this movie. Um, it does have a 43 on Metacritic, a 6.7 on IMDb, and um, it's a movie that just works for me in every way. And I, I like movies like this, um, but I particularly I think his performance is great. His brother Josh Gad in this movie um, is hilarious uh, and ridiculous, but. <laughs> It's a result. And then Mandy Patinkin is his father. So it's hard. You mm-hmm. know, he's great. And um, it's just it's a great cast. And there's some great moments. I love when they go. Um, he gets his boy from Scrubs in here uh, as a car dealership um, guy. And they, they take it. Was it like a BMW or it's, it's an expensive car they take for a test drive. And it's, it's just a real funny kind of endearing scene. Um, Donald Faison is the, uh, the guy I was referencing from Scrubs. But um I really enjoyed this film, and when I was thinking about this, I was just like, you know, I like him as a parent. Because, again, um, I, I'm seeing kind of a trend here is the parents aren't perfect 
they're very real in the movies that I've picked for the most part. They have flaws. They they don't do everything right. Um, they're not like, you know, Donna Reed in the old TV series from the 60s where the parents were like, you know, these perfect people who never made mistakes and were always good to their kids. He messes up Bill frequently. Cosby in the Cosby show. <laughs> yeah, which obviously that turned sour. Um, Jello pudding pops. I always wonder why they wouldn't let him make their drinks, but whatever. You know? Oh, uh, my goodness. Uh, All the kids slept with double locks on the doors. <laughs> um, but Wish I Were Here, Zach Braff, uh, even when he makes mistakes that are sometimes almost, they seem like they could be irredeemable. He says the wrong thing. Um he tries. He's always trying to be a good parent, and um, that's that's. There's some really great conversations that happen in the film. Like there's something uh, because they're dealing with the death of their grandparents, and they ask about what happens when you die. And he's like, "Well, nobody knows." And he, he says, "Some people will tell you they know, but um, you know with certainty, but it it's not sure." And then the daughter kind of like she's. I think they're Jewish, and that's uh, part of like the transition because yeah. they were in a private school and now they're not. Yeah. Um, and she's kind of like thrown by that because she's very devout and she was very into her religion. And now he's saying this and he's like, well, I'm not saying they're wrong. I just don't know with certainty kind of thing. And it's it's a it's one of those things where you're trying to be honest with your beliefs, but at the same time, not infringing on the kids beliefs, nor do you want to scare the kids uh, by questioning the thing, especially because here their grandfather is about to pass. It's it's just I just think it's a great film. And it, again, it's, it's not going to sit well with everybody, but there's there's a lot of humor there's a lot of drama, and it's, uh, I think, well-performed. So I'll, sh- I'll shut up about it. And, and like, as Burke was saying, if if uh, Zach uh, Braff isn't your cup of tea, um, this was uh, directed. Uh, this was written by both he and his older brother, and it stars Zach Braff. Yeah, and this um, was so yeah. yeah, and I think it was a Kickstarter film. Well, yep, so. that was about what I was going to add. Now, and I don't disagree with him. I mean, I, I enjoyed the film as well. I would say, to me... Of all of them, I would say Joy King stood out the most for yeah, me. She's fantastic. There was there was something. She's great. I really uh, I'm hoping to see, uh, wish upon hey. notwithstanding, but yeah, uh, the there was a critic, and I I, I want to agree with him because I know, and you brought up the point. You're right. He's a flawed parent. One of the things they brought up, and I wish I could remember. I didn't pull up the article, the review, but it's for the Zach Braff character, there wasn't a whole lot of growth. And even at the end, it's all very, he lucked out in it, which I get, you know, I guess that happens. I mean, I don't get me wrong. I kind of agreed with that sentiment as much as I liked the film, but it's, I don't know. I, I, I got to rewatch it again. I, I, I've seen it twice, I think in its entirety. Um, and I mean, I, I don't know that he, he definitely grows a little, but I think his I feel like he finds acceptance like with with a lot of stuff because the biggest thing with him the the conflict was with his father and it's resolved. So I, I definitely think there is some growth. Um and he does luck into a job and that kind of thing but Yeah, that, big time. But that happens that maybe not that great of a situation, but it does happen. Um and even like it, I mean it happened for me. Like I didn't plan on being a teacher. Um, and nor did I set out to be a film teacher. I set out to be an English teacher, you know, and I was going to teach English because I was a writer. I was a journalist and I figured writing was my thing. And then because of that job, I found 
this job that I currently have where I do get to teach film. I get to talk about movies with people who are interested in movies. It's like the dream teaching job, in my opinion. I don't think you can find an easier thing to teach. Not that the subject matter is easy, but generally speaking, kids like movies, believe it or not. Mm -hmm. So um, it's, you know, it's not impossible to find like a dream job or an ideal job on accident. Again, I don't get paid nearly as much as he'll get paid in the movie because he's an acting teacher. But still, um, you know, he found something that he was into, and I, I, I know it can happen. So I, I don't I don't discount those things. I know there are people who really hate on that kind of stuff, the almost Ex Machina-esque uh, ending. But I don't know. It didn't bother me. But, again, it's not going to be for everybody. Um, although you do like the movie, Mike, so it's not like you're saying it's bad, but just it is maybe a, a – and again, I'm not saying it's a perfect movie, but it it does work for me in a lot of ways. So, now, yeah, I, I'll have to watch it again. I have not seen it, um, but I was not a fan of Zach in Scrubs. Really? Yeah, uh, and it could have just been because when Scrubs was a big show, I was, you know, like eleven or something like that. Um, but yeah, uh, he, he, from what I gather from being I was only 11 or so um he has a uh almost like an acquired humor yeah definitely um so it is and see I did not watch scrubs I was kind of like because it was so popular I kind of went anti with that mm -hmm. also I generally don't like shows about doctors um so I kind of avoided that and um and so I didn't watch it until after I watched this, and I, I, I've seen, I think, two other movies with him. Um, and now I'm having – well, he's he's the uh, the monkey in uh, Oz the Great and Powerful, which I did see. And then he's in something else that I had seen. Um, and then I saw this film, and I was really into this one. What's his other – oh, Garden State. I love Garden State, which I saw after this one. though. So if he is an acquired taste, I think I eased into him. Mm -hmm. And that could have helped uh, me find joy. Also, he is well, it's, it's, sarcastic. It's difficult to follow up Garden State because, for me, that hit every note so perfectly. Yeah, and I, I really like Garden State. And, again, all of them do seem to deal with uh, parental relationships mm -hmm. in some way, mm -hmm. even though in that oh, one, yeah, he's that the one kid. Oh, yeah, that one for sure. But it's, it's, right. he's, he's, the, the, he's not a kid, but he's a you know 20-something who's trying to find himself. And here he is the dad. And then in Going in Style, while he's not in the movie, um, he did write and direct. Uh, I don't know if he wrote, he directed it. But Michael Caine has a grandfatherly role. So it's almost like he's hit each of those kind of roles where that's the focus. I, I feel like Michael Caine's his surrogate in that movie. Um, he just couldn't play him because he he's not old enough. So, all right. Well, we spent enough time on uh, Wish I Were Here. Mike, what is your number two? Right, there are a lot of times when a parent doesn't ever get their due, and I definitely agree with that sentiment in 1997's As Good As It Gets. Helen Hunt's character, Carol Colony, Colony, wow, I'm having difficulty, uh, could definitely be seen as such. Her son is consistently ill, definitely got some illness in one way or another. She always gets past the tough customer in the form of Jack Nicholson's Melvin Udall. And through it all, she strides through it, only eventually breaking due to Melvin's fixation on her and his eventual quirks and habits and kind of the, the brusque nature uh, that he does. I mean, he's very blunt and direct and to the point and pushes her to the limit long after he probably would have likely set anybody else off. I mean, she's very patient with him. And 
I mean, there's a lot more that goes on through the span of the film, but you get the idea. You get the gist. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I figure you, one, could only dream of having a mom that is as saintly as Carol Connolly is, as played by Helen Hunt. Uh, let's see. 86% fresh on the tomatometer. 7.7 user IMDb score, 67 meta score. Uh, that seems a little low to me. Uh, I I dove into this movie. I remember seeing it on the big screen, and just she's just. I really like Helen Hunt. I saw this uh, on home video, and I was only probably like 15 or 16, um, and I haven't seen it since. But I, I did like it then. Uh, I didn't remember her having a kid though, so I was like, wait, who's the parent in this? Um, so shows what I remember. I do remember like the OCD thing. That was my first introduction to OCD actually. I didn't know what OCD was until I think this film. Um and I, I liked a lot about it. it. Uh Jack Nicholson's great in this film. So one of your movies I have seen, Mike, so one of five, so I'm definitely not gonna hit the four. Um but I, I do like this film. Uh Ben, have you ever seen As Good as it gets? I have not seen it, but um Helen Hunt is actually one of those actresses that I don't know that I'm a fan of until I look at what she's done. Mm-hmm. And then I realize, you know, like Twister, um, What Women Want was a good one. Oh. Um, is that an O as in like you didn't know that or that you're surprised that I liked it? Uh, I'm surprised to hear it called a good one. <laughs> well, it's all opinionated. I mean, it is, of course. <laughs> I should say there are a couple of good scenes in it. It was on this morning, actually. I woke up and it was on my uh, my TV. Um, what was on? What women want? Uh, mm, yeah, I wouldn't say that's my favorite. <laughs> no, 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 no. Ben, ben called it a good one. I think I think he's having a hard time hearing you again, Ben. So, are you Mike? Um, no, but, uh, what women what women want? I wouldn't say is a great film, but there there are it has its moments. Yeah, I, Mel Gibson comedy generally works for me. I I just never caught that one. Um, and again, it was on this morning, and I was like, "Oh!" But the sound was off, and I, it was like already into it, so I didn't bother. I, I it came I came in right when he slips and the hairdryer flies up in the mm-hmm. air and lands in the bathtub, but his foot's only in it, so he's only halfway electrocuted, and thus can hear women speaking. Yeah, I mean, it made perfect sense. Oh, um, yeah, I mean, the logic in the film is you know it can't <laughs> no, be beat. Movies over and credits. Yeah. He's dead. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's a weird twist. It's a much different movie people that way. People were very angry that they came to the theater. Um, yeah, people probably people would have asked for their money back. Yeah, because um, that's what women want. That's what women, they want their especially money back. When, especially when he calls them sugar something. Uh, oh, yep. Um, <laughs> all right, let's go to Ben's number two uh, for top movie parents. All right. Um, again, as I said, it is another father. Um, a single father. Well, si- kind of kinda and not kind of. Okay. Um, He's both. Will Smith. Oh. Uh, from Pursuit of Happiness, uh, which uh, I, th- I want to say came out in 06. It sure did. Yep. Was that right? You um, were right. Which is about a struggling salesman uh, who takes custody of his son as he's poised to begin a life-changing professional career. Um, and if I recall correctly, he was a salesman for um, some sort of uh, medical tool that hospitals would use. I don't remember exactly what it was, but that's not terribly important. No. Um, he... Uh, throughout the movie, and this is acted with uh, Will Smith's uh, real son, who, is, of course, is Jaden Smith. Who's awful. Who is just a... Uh, well, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll withhold my opinion on him because I don't want to start anything, but... Oh. I, I, I agree, but I would use different... Oh. Anyways. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
No, but throughout the entire movie, um, he's always, uh, it's almost like a tough love kind of thing. Um, where I, I did watch one scene, um, today where, um, he basically has to tell his kid not to let anybody tell him that his dream is impossible. Um, I'm paraphrasing, of course, he says it in a much better way than I am. Um, but, and, and this is all through, they go through, uh, being homeless, um, while Will Smith's characters are trying to make ends meet. And this is an actual biography, um, Mm -hmm of Chris Gardner. Um, so I don't know. I I can't speak on Chris Gardner's actual father, fathering. Uh, but uh, as far as Will Smith portrays it, um, you know, this is a movie, um, that got kind of sucked into a time period when I was avoiding anything emotional. So I never saw pursuit of happiness. Um, it's not because of Jaden Smith, because I think he's too young here to have like, I don't know what his performance is like here, but it's probably enough. Um, and, of course, it's his real dad, and that probably helps a little bit with the chemistry. It's not as awkward as it would be with, like, a stranger holding your hand and mm-hmm. things like that. But um, I've heard nothing but good things about this movie. It's just one that I know I'm going to get emotional with, and so I've never been able to bring myself to watch it. And I own it, um, much like I Am Legend, actually. I, I can't bring myself to watch that one either because it's just, like, it's such a sad premise. And I know that dog dies so i'm just like <laughs> um yeah. but mike what are your thoughts on pursuit of happiness uh, i don't know not so much the emotional part of it i obviously am very anti jaden smith if i'm gonna <laughs> see will smith parent his son on screen i'd probably choose after earth which i've seen Ugh. over this one i know that tells you my contempt for pursuit of happiness so Wow. I've heard that. I mean, it's a great story. I know the gist of the true life. I know there's obviously some liberties taken in the film that are a little bit different from what happened in real life. Mm-hmm. But of yeah. um, I don't know. I might could give it. A, I guess. I, I guess he's a better father than in this case than Garth. Vader? Yeah. <laughs> we are we're trending upwards from here on out, so I do want to say. You uh you saw the movie then? I have not. Oh, I've okay. No, really? watching it. Um I pref I've preferred to watch After Earth over this, which I've seen. So Yeah, uh, I don't know. Which that was really bad too, uh After Earth. It was. <laughs> Alright. Well, there you go. Uh that's Ben's number two is um Pursuit of Happiness and Will Smith's character. Um, my number one, this is the only movie that I think has been on a previous list. Um, I don't think any of my other ones have been on the list before, uh, of, uh, for this podcast at least. Um, and this is a movie that I'm a big fan of, and I absolutely love the parents in this movie. And this is, uh, I get both. I get, I get a dad and I get a stepmom in this list. Um, and it is Mac McGuff and Bren McGuff, or J.K. Simmons and Allison Janney from Juno. I'm going to stop you really fast. Okay. This is the one I booted from my list. Wow, you booted Juno? Oh, like, I booted in... Juno. It was my number one pick. That's funny. That oh, really? It was your number one, and you booted it. Yes, off. it you was. Booted I booted your number it. one, man. I booted my number one. Well, wow. I'm going to talk about these guys because I love uh, them as parents. Um, this is the uh, Michael Sarah one, right? Yep. Juno? Okay. Mm-hmm. Now, so whoa, whoa, it's the Ellen Page movie. Oh, yeah, sorry, yeah. sorry. So <laughs> you are a, a parent's worst nightmare, I think, for high school. Having a daughter is that she's going to come tell you she's pregnant. Um, and they, the way they handle that scene alone is such a great example of how good a parent's are. Because he, he still – he's like, 
I thought you were smarter than that, Juno, uh, Junebug. And he's, he's, you know, he's strict, he's firm, but at the same time, they immediately turn into, you know, crisis solution mode. Like, okay, well, here's what we need to do. If you're, if you're pregnant, we need to get you on vitamins, we need to schedule a doctor's appointment. And they, they don't yell at her, they don't, you know, berate her, they don't say anything awful to her. Um, he yeah. does, he does admit disappointment, but, um, and then later they have a really cool conversation about, um, you know, she's talking about love and if love is real and the, he is, well, JK Simmons is just so awesome. I love him so much. And in this movie particularly, but his rea- his response to her, but then even he makes a joke. He's like, but I hope you're talking about me. Cause it'd be kind of messed up in your condition. If you're, you know, trying to date, like it's <laughs> what tore up from the floor up. I think he utters <laughs> like, I, I love this movie. I've seen this movie so many times. Um, and I, it, but in the next month, I will have academically studied this film. So it's one that I'm very, very familiar with. But when even just looking at this topic, this these were the two parents that immediately popped up because um, both get a chance to shine. They stand up for Juno at the right moments. Um, Bren really gets to stand up for when they're getting the ultrasound, and the the nurse yep. is uh, the technician is very judgmental about uh, teenage pregnancy and. Bren really eats into her. I mean, that's, that's what I highlighted in my comments. I, I, I even got the quote. We both thought I'd just stick to what we know. She just <laughs> yeah. hit it right on the nose. It's like it's none of her business. She had no business saying yeah. what she said. Your job is to rub bellies with a little device. That's what you do. I, I'll leave the parenting tips to someone else. But, um, yeah, I, I love both of them. And even their relationship, they're never lovey-dovey or anything in the movie. But there's a clear love between the two of them. And I just I just love these these characters so much, and they're both great like performances from J.K. Simmons and Allison Janney. Um, I I don't know I can't say enough about them. I could probably just read quotes because I think every time they're on screen they shine as excellent parents. Um, even when they're they almost forget the the younger daughter at one point. <laughs> <laughs> um, they, you know they're they're trying their best all the time. And again they ad- they're they're also flawed in a way. They admit they're not perfect um, immediately, but they try and that's with, with their relationship and also with parenting skills. They don't know. Cause I think he, he even says like, would you have ever thought, um, then it's like, no, I thought she was going to say drugs. And he's like, me too. <laughs> so like, they're even like accepting that they mistakes will happen, but we didn't expect pregnancy. So, um, but yeah, Juno is my number one pick. Uh, Ben, have you ever seen Juno? I have. Um, but honestly, I don't remember too much to be able to dive into details on it. Um, I do know, um, although I'm not as familiar with Allison Janney um, as I am with J.K. Simmons. Uh, J.K. Simmons, in almost any every, any and every performance I've seen him in, has always been rock solid. Yeah. Um, so I'm not surprised. I, I'm honestly, I I keep leaving him off of list, but I feel like he might be in my top five actors at this point. Because um, anytime I see him in a movie, I'm pretty much convinced convinced that i'm gonna see it because like uh i talked about the meddler a few weeks ago and i almost Mm -hmm. put the meddler on my list because i thought she's such a interesting mother although and it's very different because the the child that she's mothering is like in her 30s so she really shouldn't be such a mother at that point but she's still like super over the top in her life mother um hence the name of the film but jk simmons in that movie is is terrific um and i mean the guy's so versatile too because if you if you saw the hbo series oz 
you saw a Nazi version of J.K. Simmons, which <laughs> yeah. uh, took me a while to get out of my head when watching his other performances because I like remember like this guy was like evil when I hmm. first saw him, and now, um, but I mean, he's been so many things and he's so yeah, diverse. Can you, um, J. John and Jameson, mm-hmm. Skoda on Law and Order, the uh, music I, I teacher remember. and Whiplash, yeah, um, yeah which I've I've yet to see. Oh, you need to see that. He's uh, he, yeah, I know. I'm, I'm behind. He's he's solid. He's really good. According to the first trivia bit on IMDb, he was so impressed with the script, he didn't care what role he got, even if it was a no-line role as a teacher that got no dialogue, anything to be in it. And just perfect. It just plays in every guy. Um, Ten years later, this film holds its charm. Mm -hmm. Uh, The interactions between Bran and just the whole family and all the characters and rain Wilson. We didn't even mention yeah. who only well, is in it for a short amount of time. Um, and, I, and then what I didn't mention because it's, we're, I'm talking about the parents in this particular topic. True. So. true. <laughs> uh, it, it would have, it, it could have been, I mean, done another way. It could have definitely gone a lifetime movie network route, but I mean, oh, yeah. Diablo Cody doesn't write that way. No. And this is one that, you know, this is a tough act to follow. It's um, well, and this just seems so much like a like a perfect script for both Michael Sarah and and um, mm-hmm. Ellen Page to to act in. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, it's it's everything came together perfectly. Now the other trivia that was interesting to read: Olivia Thurlby was had read to 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 play Juno, and I don't know how that would have been. I, I just can't see anyone but Ellen Page play that role. Me either. And um, I also um, the. Uh, Man, my brain went dead. Oh, there are two other parents technically in this movie, which would be Jason Bateman and Jennifer Gardner, who are the future parents. And um, particularly, we can't really go with Jason Bateman. But no, would he would be go. awful. Uh, but Jennifer Garner, um, yeah, absolutely, super dedicated mother, born to yep. be a mother in her own words, yep. and one of the few performances from her that I actually like. I'm not a big Jennifer Garner fan, um, but Daredevil? I like her. Daredevil, come movie. on! Oh, <laughs> you always bringing that movie back. Um, all right, that's my number one. We need to go to Mike's number one. What is that, sir, now that you've bumped Juno off your list? All right. So, given the type of film that 2001's Donnie Darko is, the types of events that happen throughout, Rose and Eddie Darko, as the, as the way they're played by Mary McDonnell and Holmes Osborne, are some of the most even-keeled, patient, humorous parents you'll see. Despite having a jet engine of unknown origin smashed through their son's bedroom, eventually thinking that it killed him in the process, or, say, have an expletive-laden interaction between their oldest children with no freakouts from either mom or dad, or, or dealing with Donnie's sleepwalking trends and related issues with his sleepwalking. Through it all, Mr. and Mrs. Rose and Eddie Darko are fairly balanced, even what you know you would consider a traditional family. And, I mean, in much the same, this, again... Having said that, Juno was my original number one pick. I, I bumped them because for the kind of film that Donnie Darko is, is those aren't the kind of parents you would expect. True. And 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 you know they're having political discussions, and there's the how do you do? How exactly does one suck an expletive deleted? Because they're <laughs> just going at each other the way siblings were, and it just. I didn't. I didn't even realize Maggie and Jake were actual siblings. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you know they, they. I think that that translated really well to the, and just that because the littlest sister is sitting there and they're like, um, you know, uh, just 
I really, uh, Mary McDonald, I really enjoyed in Dances with Wolves. Holmes Osborne, I know I've seen him in other things, but this is this is the one that, uh, let's see, 86% fresh on the tomato meter, 8.1 user IMDb yeah. score, 88 minutes score, probably the highest scoring of all my picks, He's I think. the dad of, uh, of Guy in That Thing You Do, by the way. Yeah, 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 yeah. See, he's a great dad. Oh, yeah, well, it's... He's he's one of the funniest parts of that thing you do. I love when he's so against the band, but then when they finally get on the TV show, like he's drumming. Yeah, yeah he's playing drums <laughs> with a wooden spoon. It's, and... Oh, he's also the general in Unthinkable, Mike, with uh, Samuel L. Jackson. Oh, my gosh. Okay. Yeah, well, because <laughs> Samuel L. is really then, and Carrie Ann Gr- Moss, Carrie Ann Moss, were the ones I paid most attention. Yeah, oh, yeah. okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. All right. Um,. I, I haven't I've only watched Donnie Darko once and it's a film that I've been meaning to rewatch for sure. Um I really enjoyed it when I watched it the first time, but I just haven't gotten back to it. And um I'm a I'm a Jake Gyllenhaal fan. Um I like Patrick Swayze in most things and uh even Drew Barrymore is really good in this movie. So um Oh yeah, uh, yeah, I mm. I just really love this film. Not one that I've seen. Mm-hmm. That means I have gone 0 for 5 tonight. Ah, and I have I've seen technically three of your five, Mike, because Juno was on your list. Uh, oh, well, if we're counting not that. on my number five. So. True. It was, though. It was. And then you <laughs> Once. It. You altered it after I made my, my declaration. So Are we still giving that to <laughs> you? That is true. That it, well, I'm still off by one, so I said four. I mean, you were closest. closest. Close. Yeah, yeah, closest. So I win. Either way, I had two. You only had zero. Uh, you had zero. I had zero, yeah. So, Whoa. I mean, uh, unless we're counting Juno, then... Overall, yeah, I will man. take this as a win. <laughs> Mike wins again. Um, always thwarting us. I thought you were going to go with a lot of John Hughes characters. Um, no, I, I wanted... Again, I want to highlight parents that aren't typically seen. I feel... Um, I actually was almost going to have Sally Field twice on my list. Oh, wow. But we'll get to our honorable mentions because Ben still yeah, has well, his number one. Yeah, I'll, I'll pick that up right there. Okay. Um, Sally Field. Oh. Who, let me just, Is before it? I make myself look like an idiot, let me just, uh, <laughs> yeah, okay, so Sally Field uh, makes a uh, nice appearance, which I guess this could count as uh, a mother and a father, um, uh, and that is uh, Mrs. Doubtfire. Ah, oh, okay. Oh, not, um, not the one I was thinking. Well, what were you thinking? I was going to go Forrest Gump. Oh, well, see, I was thinking about that, but I, I figured I've thrown too many Tom Hanks movies into the fray. This is, I think, one of your first lists without a Tom Hanks movie. I figured it was that time. Yeah, um, good for you. <laughs> no, he's making so, a break. <laughs> <laughs> so, Mrs. Doubtfire, uh, of course, is the is a story about uh, a, a couple who has a bitter divorce um, and an actor played by uh, Robin Williams. Uh, disguises himself as a female housekeeper to spend time with his children held in custody by his former wife. Um, both Robin Williams and Sally Field both have uh, good performances. Uh, Robin Williams, um, even more so, I would say, just because of the character well, he, he has plays. a big arc because he yeah. starts off as not a great parent, only um, to become a very good parent. Right, and the so the of course. Um, the premise says that he he disguises himself as a female housekeeper, who is what would you say around a early sixties, yeah, um, English lady um, named, of course, Mrs. Doubtfire, um, and this really um, shows how far Robin Williams's character, whose name is Daniel Hillard, 
um, would go just to spend time with his with his with his children, um, in dressing up as a sixty year old English housekeeper. Um, and of course, this is uh, per typical uh, typical Robin Williams fashion is a great um, comedy, or at least one of my favorites um, that he's done. Maybe you two would disagree. I I loved this movie as a kid. I have not watched it. I don't think since I've been an adult. Um, I did. I did come. I almost put this movie on my list last week for because it's based on a book, which I didn't know until I, I was no doing idea. research last week. It does say it on IMDb though. Uh, the novel is Alias uh. Madam Doubtfire. Um, but uh, it's a movie that I enjoyed a lot as a kid, and like I still quote things. Um, the the sequence where he's calling with different voices, you mm-hmm. know, um, get back in that cage, and just like uh, that stuff cracked me up when I was a kid. So, oh, hello, <laughs> I am Job. I am Job. <laughs> like uh, I, I was a, was a drive by fruiting. Yes, yeah, the drive by fruit. Uh, that's awful, but it was funny at the time. So, um, I definitely think it's a good pick, though. So we're going with both Sally Field and Robin Williams in this uh, for number one, right? Interesting. To, to break up the the, the All Fathers. Yeah, <laughs> the All Father. Although Isn't even in my notes, All Father. That's uh, that's from uh, Transformers. Oh. No, that's the All Spark. I'm no, sorry. that's the All Sparks or <laughs> Color of Magic from um, Hog Father. I want to say, may I could be mistaken. I don't know. All right, well, that's it for our top five. Before we wrap up our show, we're going to go through some honorable mentions. Um, I have Heck and Bella from uh, Hunt for the Wilder People. Um, oh, man, really good. Uh, I have Greg's dad and mom from Me and Earl and the Dying Girl. That's Nick Offerman and Connie Britton. Um, mm-hmm. I have Ma, from, which is played by Brie Larson from the movie Room. Um, oh, uh, me too. Because the stuff she does to for her son is amazing. Amazing. Um, Roy and Sarah from Midnight Special. That's Michael Shannon and Kirsten Dunst. Um, I have Arnold Schwarzenegger from Maggie because uh, he has to watch his daughter slowly become a zombie, and it's heartbreaking. i got to finish watching that one. Um, sorry. And uh, it's kind of a spoiler. Uh, <laughs> um, no, I, I know the premise. I knew it was, I have I've read the spoilers. Two more. Uh, Whip It. Um, I have uh, mainly because I thought <laughs> Daniel Stern getting to do a movie in 2009 is impressive. Um, and that he's good in that role. Um, and Marsha Gay Harden as her mother um, in Whippet, and that's Ellen Page as well. That's why I, one of the reasons I left it off, I didn't want to have two Ellen Page parental roles in my top five. And then uh, The Way Way Back, um, Tony Collette is the mother, Pam. But I actually included Sam Rockwell, who is not his father, but is a father figure to the son. The Steve Carell one? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. where Steve Carell is the uh, yeah. the boyfriend to Pam. But uh, there is a scene in that movie that I just have to, I love so much because um, the kid runs to the, the water park to say goodbye to Sam Rockwell's character and Steve Carell comes running like all angry, like he's going to do something and he goes to grab the kid and the way Sam Rockwell kind of positions himself in between, he doesn't say anything, he doesn't throw a punch, but he just he just kind of do something and I will knock you out. And I, I that moment almost makes me cry every time because I, I just thought Sam Rockwell was so perfect in that movie. So the way, way back is a movie I, I definitely want people to see and wanted to make sure I mentioned it before the episode was over. Uh, Mike, what do you got for honorable mentions? Um, well, I'm going to, I'll mention Brandon McMcGuff from Juno again, Sally Field and Forrest Gump skip over Brie Larson, but fantastic. Um, Harry Dean Stanton and Pretty in Pink. Yes. And uh, even though he, like, again, because he's flawed and the stuff that goes he, toughly. He, yeah, yeah. Great, great example. 
uh, tough. To, uh, just the relationship the characters have. Just but it's tough. It was tough leaving him off. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Roberto Benigni and Life is Beautiful, which is tough. Really tough to that's watch. That's the uh, it's the Holocaust movie, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah where I, they're they're in a concentration concentration, my... and he's trying to diffuse the horror of it by making it you know much more. That's on my list to watch. Um, I know it's going to be a tough watch, but it's one that Man, I, I should gonna... put on my list. Um. Oh. <laughs> Um, ben, I have two more after you, actually, that I, th- I thought I'd... You want to go ahead and do it? If you don't mind. Um, Mike, I think you'll agree with this one. The mom and dad from A Christmas Story. Um, especially I, the They dad. almost made my list. They almost... Because just... Uh, these are not... She uh, is a saint to put up with all his antics. Yeah, and then the dad, like, the way he gets the BB gun, you know, just... He's, he always seems like he's disconnected from the family, but yet he... No, knew. but he's in tune. He's totally yeah. in tune. And I love that. And then uh, the movie Once... Um, is a film that I'm a big mm-hmm. fan of, and I, the dad's not in it a whole lot, and that's why I didn't feel like I could put him in my top five. But there's a scene where he plays his dad his demo tape after they've recorded, and the way the dad's like, "Go for it," and then I love he's like, "Now play it again." I, I just I love that it gives as a musician especially it just hits the support that he's showing his son is so amazing. Um, I had I wanted to make sure that I mentioned that guy because uh, his name the actor's name is Bill Hodnett. I've not seen him in anything else that I'm aware of, but I, I love mm. him in that movie. And again, it's a small part, but man, yeah. he when he makes the most of it, when he gets his dialogue sequences, he really gets to be a great dad. So, uh, Ben, what's your honorable mentions? Uh, I have three. Um, first one is well, I guess it's in no particular order. Um, Harrison Ford from Air Force One, uh, where the of course Air Force One gets taken over by a terrorist, and he has to fight to save his family um, from the terrorists. Uh, get, off, get off my plane <laughs> which is a great scene by the way um, <laughs> and then this one is kind of a, a, a dark horse because um, I kind of thought into it more than I think well maybe not um, Matthew McConaughey from Interstellar oh, oh great okay. example okay. Yeah, I didn't from, think from which that. one from which Inter- one Interstellar oh man uh, I mean, I, he's I traveling know. across the universe to I don't know how I didn't think about that one like oh. that's a, yeah no I mean there yeah. v- there are very few movies that can actually make me cry yeah uh, but when he was watching the video Videos. messages oh my god I yeah I, I almost lost it yeah there. that I'm I feel awful that that's not on my list actually because that is he's definitely yeah, that's a good a, that's a good one so much importance Great, the fantastic. whole movies about his parent his mm-hmm. doing it, yeah doing it for for his kids um and then my last one is uh, Tom Cruise from War of the Worlds. Oh, really? I, I did. I did throw that in. <laughs> I did see it. It's another one of the um, – my mindset was like almost in the Taken uh, kind of mindset where um, this guy is taking care of his – well, he's taking care of his kids, but then one of them runs away and does his own yeah. thing. But as far as uh, Dakota fanning? Uh, yeah, I think so. Um as far as his uh, his taking care of her throughout the alien apocalypse, um, I thought was a good one. Yeah, I mean he's he's written in initially as an awful dad who's not a, right. like, a deadbeat dad, and he does when when everything hits the fan, he definitely puts their safety first um, as he's he's getting out of town he, before everyone else is even sure. thinking he, about it. And it, it, it comes it, through a whole lot more than Darth Vader. <laughs> and it, it definitely is one of the uh, the exact same mindset I had with uh, Liam Neeson from Taken, where it's not uh, so much of a emotional uh, parental figure, but um, as far as taking care of his of his kids. Well, he he it it's clear that he loves them. He's just he's kind of a jerk. Um, 
That's, oh yeah, but I mean, there's definitely a whole lot of growth throughout the whole thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For definitely. him, and and just you know when he, when you think he lost his son and then they reunite, it's like, because <sighs> John and I just watched that a couple weeks ago. I actually just watched it for the first time a couple weeks ago. Um, I don't remember why. I think it was in preparation for some, maybe the Tom Cruise episode. We because we did a Tom Cruise Could. episode for the Mummy. I do have to say I was extremely oh, disappointed yeah. in the reason that the the aliens started uh, dying. Oh, the was it? Um, it was like they they caught they pretty cold. much caught, they caught a cold. cold. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. They, yeah. they didn't have our antibodies. So because uh, uh, we are and, a nasty species. And, and, so stupid. And, <laughs> and but I think that is the book ending. Is it? It is. That, that I think it holds true. Yeah. So I mean, it's also it's actually while it's not the the it's a little anticlimactic. Mm-hmm. It is very legitimate um, that they wouldn't have the antibodies to fight sure, our diseases. Yeah. So. And of course, it makes sense. It's just not satisfying. Yes, exactly. It's anticlimactic for sure because you're like, wait a minute, what? The, it caught a, it caught a cold and it it sneezed itself you to death. Ever get a chance? There was a I forget how many seasons. I want to say maybe three seasons. It was uh, direct to syndication War of the Worlds TV series hmm. that picks up and ex- extrapolates further beyond that. As in, there were different sects of aliens or groups or factions and some that survived were able to survive past that. So which is also logical that some would develop the antibodies because yeah. Yeah. Because you know, it's just, it it was uh, pretty dark at the time. It's been so long, so I could be wrong. Uh, I think the only star attached that really wasn't a big star was in predator, not the native American tracker, but one of the, one of the guys on his team kind of like dark crew cut hair, Mm-hmm. I'd have to dig up his name. I'm not going to look it up right now, but it. Um, to, it, it definitely felt more satisfying. And this is way, way before the Tom Cruise film version of it. All right. I have well. to say the, the difference in, in father types in our list is Very uh, different. Yeah. It shows our values um, of, of what, <laughs> what we hold true. Uh, ben likes dads that can kick a little butt because hey. <laughs> vader well, did, you notice, wrong with it. <laughs> did you notice my subconscious theme through the majority of my list um no was yours mainly mothers though my, most of mine and i think that's very telling of me uh except for the, the my number one pick and it was going to be two picks that were kind of more traditional family archetypes but every single one Single moms, yeah, Mamudi was married, but at that point it was just going to be her and her daughter. Um, but all of the rest were pretty much were all single moms. I had a variety. I had uh, two moms, two dads, and then a mom and a step, uh, a dad and a stepmom. To be fair, uh, but uh, I guess um, maybe that just says that I had no parents. Um, sorry, guys. Yeah, well, uh, even in my honorable mentions, it was all dads. <laughs> yeah. And even my honorable mentions were predominantly multiple people, um, except for like Ma. There's no. I guess I could argue that the dad is in the movie, but we're not going to say he's good. And um, no, but again, like that's like because I had Darth Vader in it, who by no well, I don't want to say by no means, but for most of the entire series was not a good dad. True. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, you kind of just took the but list however you want. It's it's <laughs> he's an iconic. Parent. Darth is... Vader does mean dark father in German, from my understanding, according okay. to Pitch Perfect. Um, so I'm, I'm quoting Pitch but Perfect is... there. Oh, gosh. Well, that can be taken with a little bit of a grain of salt. Yeah, because but... I don't know if it's true. But <laughs> it seems true. So, 
Um, all right, but that's our episode for the week, folks. Uh, we'll be back next week with another top five. Um, until then, we'd love to hear who, what parents in film you think deserve to be on our list. You can tweet them at us at Burke Reviews for me, uh, Mike. At Server Monkey. And we ben, need some feedback. I want to know, know where we stand. We need, especially for this one, because there's got to be so many parents that we neglected here. We'd love to hear your list. Uh, you can tweet at Ben. Uh, Benjamin H17 and come out and show some love for Darth Vader out here. Yeah, and yeah, if you think Vader is uh, Father of the Year, hashtag Vader Father. Um, and you can, of course, always leave a comment on our post for this episode, or um, we would love for you to review our podcast on iTunes. Leave a comment there. Uh, say that you know you really like this episode or and who you think we should have included, what parents were neglected or not mentioned at all. And even more so, if you watch any of these obscure movies that Mike and I, uh, usually I'm not on that list, but tonight Mike and I are both giving you a lot of movies you may have never heard of. If you watch them and like them, I'd love to hear your thoughts. Um, if you watch them and hate them, I'd love to hear your thoughts. Um, but let us know what you think about the movies that we're talking about. No. Thanks for I listening, everybody. No Guys, uh, thanks for giving me uh, some of your time and making these lists. Absolutely. No problem. We'll be back next week, everybody. Peace. And I'm going to punch that bleaker kid in the wiener next time I see you.